that OU photo guy came in and literally was just bringing up that comment that we were talking about with the uh, – and, again, I don't – maybe it was Ben McDonald. I, I, I didn't listen a lot to the TV broadcast last night where they said, oh, they got – don't want too many of your good pitches early and blah, blah. And, I mean, I kind of understand the philosophy behind it, but I mean, you can't prepare for a game you're not going to necessarily have, right? Uh, I don't know, man. This is – this is a little wild. What is Pedro Martinez doing throwing that fastball early? <laughs> I've never heard that before. That doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, this, the, the theory of it, I, I right, get. Right. I understand what the thought process is. Is Second, third time through the order, okay, well, now you can keep guys off balance. But isn't the name of the game to do well and pitch well the first time through the order as well? Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, and, and by the, Here's a couple of other good things. Uh, and I hate to keep getting bogged down in the Air Comfort Solutions text line, but to me it's not getting bogged down. I mean, this is great stuff and good debate. I mean, there's – is he okay? I, I don't know. Perry, the sales guy, is moving things around on us. I just, I just heard something slam, and I thought that was just pure oh! – maybe he's worried about the lightning coming back. Um, and you guys can get in here. I mean, I'm, I'm opening up the lines. We're taking your calls this hour at 405-329-9000 in the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Um, Pierce is in there to take your calls. But – I like this from the 405. How about stepping back and giving that Notre Dame left fielder props for a great throw to third on the play? I just – it took the perfect play to get him. <laughs> and, I mean, people still want to fight about it, and that's fine. You guys fight. I don't care. I'd like fight to see the bird's eye view of that play because did that just take the perfect perfect bounce off the wall or what happened I, there? So, okay, if I remember correctly, and I'll pull up the replay here if you want to watch it, but if I remember correctly, let's see how well I do. I want to say – that dude misses the ball and then just hustles after it. Mm-hmm. And as it gets to the wall, it doesn't give him a great hop, but it's not a terrible hop, if that makes any right. sense at all. It didn't It didn't bounce away from him. Right. And so it put him in a position where – and I'm doing this right off the top of my head while I try to scroll at the same time. But it put him in a position where it, it had to take the perfect throw to his cutoff man. And then, you know, obviously the throw was so good from the cutoff, man. He had to make sure he didn't swipe past on the tag, to be honest with you. Yeah. But it was fun. I mean, I love the aggressiveness. I'm still not finding this off the top of my head. But you're right. It, it's so hard, too, to give credit to the other guys. Like, I like this, too, from uh, – let's see, where was this? Off of the um, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Oh, yeah, this is from the Big Bad Wolf. Who writes, the Texas A&M players look like grown men while our entire roster looks like 18-year-olds. 18-year-olds playing some pretty good baseball, though. That's that, That's it. And, again, some of it is the build of, like, your star. Peyton Graham doesn't look like a dude that's going to mash. And what does he do? He mashes, right? He has got such a bright future, man. When they were talking on the TV broadcast last night about just his his height, his stature, right. but the, the weight – Upon his frame right now, I mean, dude, when he adds 20, 25 pounds, for him to be hitting everything the way he is right now, and he's showcased power this season as well, he's got a chance. Where do they think that he's going to get drafted okay, right now? But let's real quick, because I do want to talk about the path ahead, and I've got a little Skip Johnson here that I want to share. He's got a chance to be an absolute steal for somebody that can really develop into a long-time, I think, productive MLB player because he just does so many different things. Yeah, um, you're, you're, 100%, you're 100% right. I thoroughly enjoyed watching him develop, and you know, maybe 
Maybe we can talk him into coming back. I don't think that's going to happen. Do you know who's projected to be the number one pick in the draft in uh, on June 16th? No, I don't have the foggiest idea. Jackson Holiday, shortstop, Stillwater High School. Interesting. Yep. He is projected to be the number one overall pick to the Baltimore Orioles. And stud. Stud. Absolute stud. Which is weird because you've got a, a, a Holiday... Going at one, Matt Matt Holiday's son. Yeah, I, sh- I should have known that. And then you have Drew Jones projected to go at number two, who I believe is Andrew Jones' son, which makes me really feel old on these types of things. Um, but I, like I said, I'm not trying to name drop and be that guy, but in doing that show, and it, you, you know if you've seen it, whenever ESPN puts its list of, of top Major League Baseball draft candidates, it's always got Peyton Graham up there at the top, right? Graham's name is in there. There's another position player that I'm forgetting, but the two pitchers, right? And that uh, Cade Horton and why am I Jake Bennett? Jake Bennett, thank you. But Crooks, maybe maybe Crooks it was Jim. What, was it Jimmy Crooks? Yeah. Thank you. Good point. Um, our good memory. I screwed up the point. But I um, I was told that there's a good chance that. Peyton Graham is a first day, if not even a later first round guy. And you said you were talking about a steal. I mean, I'm looking at a mock draft right now, and they don't have him going in the top 20, which just absolutely blows my mind. I can't help but wonder. And again, I, I'm not going to pretend to understand the baseball draft like I do the NFL draft. I don't know if minds could be changed by what they see in Omaha. You know, sometimes in the NFL draft, perspectives can be changed by what you see in a bowl game. And all of a sudden, a lot of people's. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, this dude's a stud. You see what he did in the bowl game. There's people that still think Al Davis drafted Jamarcus Russell because of the Cotton Bowl that he had. I think it was against Notre Dame. Well, and in the NCAA tournament, I think we see this effect quite a bit. In basketball. John Morant was, I mean, he was going to be a first-round guy, but was he going to get drafted as high as he did before they went on that Sweet 16 run? I don't think so. No. (laughs) But then all of a sudden you see him dropping triple doubles and he's, you know, jumping out of the gym and scoring and doing all the different things that he does. So I would argue, yes, definitely in a sport like men's college basketball, we see it in baseball. I I, I do. I, I think there's a chance that this there's no doubt that it's really helping Peyton Graham and Kate Horton both sure. and potentially Bennett. So I didn't see him projected as a top 30 pick. But with those compensatory picks, that was one thing that this dude was telling me on Friday night. He goes, there's a lot of teams here that have those compensatory picks. And a guy like a Cade Horton, with that upside and that filth that he's got right now, could be worth a a gamble maybe even at the bottom of the first round, early second round. Which, unfortunately to me, means so much for my Friday night plans next year to watch Cade Horton pitch, right? It's... He's going to be off to the major leagues. Uh, and, again, I don't know if he'll go ahead of Peyton Graham. But, gosh, I'm really rooting for the Dodgers to end up with Peyton Graham. I just think he's got an incredible future ahead of him. And he, he makes everything look so easy, too. How about his moment where he set the internet on fire last night when he was showcasing the abs? He had he had the cut at third base where, gosh, I was scared. I thought that was What'd you see whenever he slid in there? It looked as if they got his what leg or arm? Yeah, like yeah. at first I was just kind of confused, and then he kept like holding his chest, like right. leaning over the bag, and I was like, I don't really understand what right. happened. And then the replay, like 
He got like spiked bad, bad, like right across the chest. Then he goes over to the dugout and they, they show him with his jersey up a little bit. Washboard and, abs. Washboard, dude. Washboard abs. I'm like, he's so just absolutely showboating right now. But you it's you don't realize, all right, this guy's got this guy's got some oomph to him, right? And oh by the way, again, that frame, he's going to add twenty pounds to it. Is it? Okay. Hacky, hacky, hacky question. But here we go. I'm going to ask it regardless because you and I talked about it during the break, and I want to put a Twitter poll up on it. Um, knowing that Oklahoma's got a day off and knowing that, you know, you, you got a situation to where you really control your own destiny in going to the championship series, do you have a preference on who you see in the semifinals? Would you rather see A&M or Notre Dame? Knowing we've already beaten them both, and one of them quite handily. Yeah, I, I think it's Notre Dame who you'd like to see again. I think A&M's a little bit better than Notre Dame, but it's not a strong preference. Obviously, both teams uh, got a bone to pick with you. Right. Do we do we go as in-depth as having the pitching question asked now, or do we wait on that until tomorrow's show? Who do you want to start for Oklahoma in this next game? Do you do you go with Martinez? Do you go with Trevin Michael? Is it is it too early to bring Bennett back, or do you want to save him for the championship series? Can you, in a World Series setting like this, can you have the mindset of knowing a team has to beat you twice, that you're playing with a little bit of house money, or can you not think that way? That's a great question. I think you almost have to think that way a little bit if you're Skip Johnson and company. I don't think you let anybody on your roster know right. that you're thinking that way, but you kind of have to, in this sort of event, plan two, three, four steps ahead in terms of what you want your pitching, what you want it to look like projecting forward. Mm. So, yes, I, I think that you can think about that a little bit. And and does that how does that influence the decision-making? I mean, it's two days, right? You get today off, you get tomorrow off. And come Wednesday, you're going to be an incredible – I mean, they could almost come home for like a damn day. It's like, hey, we're going to head back to Norman, uh, get a couple work in there at Mitchell Park. I'm being facetious, of course, but it's just – it's fascinating, right? All the different angles to this now going forward, the pitching conversation. I mean, you've got now – I mean, listen, I loved what happened at the DH spot last night, but do you consistently think about matchups there where you can rotate maybe two or three guys? I mean, hell, Kate Horde hit the other night. I don't think you're going to throw him in there to hit again, but it's a possibility. I don't know. Um, you've got a lot of different options on the table in terms of the starting pitcher they could roll with. You brought up maybe even what Trevin Michael. I I don't think it's a crazy idea at all. Martinez could be an option. Sandlin could be an option for Oklahoma, and then obviously I think Bennett could be. An okay, option. can I pose this on Sand? And I'm a big David Sandlin guy. I'm a Sandman guy. Uh, he's one of my favorite players. His story is gut wrenching and emotional. But is it wrong of me to be a little bit worried if it's A and M throwing Sandlin at all with some of the success they had against him? Or is that, no, is that reaching too much? No, I, I don't think it is. I mean, obviously the lineup saw him and hit him well. But I think 
you also put stock into the fact that it was not a routine situation for Sandlin. I think the coaching staff has to take a little bit sure. of the blame and be culpable for bringing him out in relief. In a tough situation that he's never been in. Uh, the Air Comfort Solutions text line is pretty one-sided on this. Uh, Kendall, Sandman. Kyle and Broken Bow, Skip will go with Sandlin. Dave from Norman, don't you think Sandlin starts game three? I mean, I do, but I was also in that group that thought he would start game two. <laughs> so when he came out in relief in game one, I was like, oh. Uh, he, he's not in the plays for he's, game he's, two. He's not in game two. So it's worked out, right? Because we've seen Cade Horton become basically a man right in front of our eyes. I mean, a legit MLB starting pitcher. Yeah, well, when you go out and strike out 11 guys last night. Touche. You really only make the one mistake where you hung that breaking ball and, you know, they yank it out for the two-run blast. You look pretty brilliant. It it was the right decision to go Bennett and then Cade Horton. And we'll see. We'll see if it is the Sandman. I think this is so big. This is so fun. I, I... Listen, we won a national championship in softball. I've been on cloud nine, outside of getting sick last week. I've been on cloud nine for the better part of, you know, a month. You see the run for softball, everything they've overcome, and it's just awesome to keep that momentum. And to me, it kind of makes the gap a little bit shorter between downtime and football as well. Is OU the favorite now? Hey, can we? Okay, can we table that and we come back? I think they are. Do you know you can bet on college baseball? Unfortunately, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> well, you know who the favorite was heading into yesterday's games? Notre Dame. Really? Notre Dame. Well, I be- knew they were favored over OU, but, but for the for the tournament? They'd become the favorite. They'd oh, become wow. the top pick. And I, I told you I was worried about them. Got a bunch of old men out there playing. You know who was the favorite going into this thing? Yeah, it was Texas, right? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Two and... Barbecue. Two and cumin. I did not see that guy. See you later, Shorthorns. I didn't see Ivan Melendez falling apart. The probably the Golden Spikes player of the year just falling apart like he did. Yeah, mm. Ofer. Ofer in an elimination game, not good. All right, quick break. Um gosh, the air comfort solutions sex line has been so good today, man. Keep them coming. 405-651-3439. All right. So let's talk about the favorites. And do we assume this favorites roll next? I I'm not gonna pretend to be like a big WNBA fan. Um, but I've there's been a lot of WNBA highlights for some reason. I guess it's because Sue Bird played her last game in New York City. Uh, but why, why did that player in the game against the Las Vegas Aces shoot a buzzer-beating jumper for two when it's a three-point game? Right, you're trailing <laughs> by three. <laughs> you guys want to get mad about guys getting thrown out at third or the first and third out of an inning. I mean, listen, we got a much more egregious issue going on in the WNBA right now. We can all agree that probably going for two inside of five seconds when you're trailing by three is maybe not the right move. Okay, can I tap out on one conversation? Just just real quick. Can I wait and determine who the favorite is until tomorrow's show? After you get to see Arkansas Ole Miss? I want to see Arkansas Ole Miss. Yeah, Arkansas is scary, aren't they? They are, and it's funny because everything that Texas and well, and I guess even Texas was kind of a roller coaster ride during the season, right? They were number one at one point, then things kind of fell apart for them. But everything that Texas, but even more so to a bigger degree, Tennessee was during the regular season, that's what Arkansas was supposed to be. 
And during the season, what Tennessee became and what Texas was at times, that's what Arkansas was supposed to be, and it never really clicked. Funny, too, Ole Miss the same way. I I think Arkansas and Ole Miss were like 1-2 in the SEC preseason poll. Meanwhile, Oklahoma was sixth, <laughs> and here they are on the cusp of a championship series. So in that SEC West Invitational that's taking place with special guest Stanford on the bottom part of the bracket, I, I want to see that game tonight. And is, you know, Ole Miss, it's kind of interesting. They were a they were probably among the most talented teams throughout the season, but they didn't really have the depth in their pitching staff. And, you know, suddenly they get hot late in the season and boom, they get dudes that develop. So I'm curious what their depth looks like. I'm curious because I think, in my mind, Oklahoma's the favorite. But I can't help but wonder if whomever wins that game tonight suddenly becomes the odds-on betting favorite, if you will. This is, but I'm telling you, with the way they're playing right now, it would not surprise me at all if we're sitting here next Monday talking about planning a championship celebration. Not at all with the way things are going. No, and I think this team believes they can do that now. I, I You know, everybody wants to say, oh, we believed and we didn't listen to the outside noise. Sure. But don't you think somewhere along this run for Oklahoma, whether or not, again, th- they believe this could be possible all the way. Maybe they did, but something tells me that throughout the five regular season ending series wins and then just catching fire in the Big 12 tournament, the light bulb came on somewhere along the way for this group to where they said, okay, yeah, we we can. We can make a run to Omaha. And now in Omaha, it's like, oh, well, yeah, we can win this tournament. And maybe, maybe again, they believe that all along, but I'm not sure necessarily they did, but I do think they believe that now. You know, it's interesting. I was I was looking at the Twitter feed of one Laffenholtz TV. Did I even say it right, Pierce? How do you no, say No, you did not. Leffelholtz. La- La- everybody gets it wrong, so I just kind of answered anything. Leffelholtz. Leffelholtz. We got to work on that if you're going to yeah, be a radio I know, guy. I know. Right? Um, because there's not a lot of weird last names. Like, well, Plank is pretty weird, right? Um, Spanier is pretty I think it can work. Leffelholtz. It's not that hard. Yeah, but those are short syllable last right. names. That's three. Right, three syllables is kind of stretching it. That's kind of. But anyway, I was looking at Pierce's Twitter feed. Well, it's it's a taxing three syllables. Um, and he he had tweeted this comment that we had on the show the other day, where the hunter rather than the hunted hunted mindset has been huge for the Sooners in kind of talking about the underdog narrative for this team and. I don't think that changes, but they're not really the underdog anymore. They, It's kind of what people get mad about Matt Baker Mayfield about. It's like, bro, you can't play the chip on your shoulder when you just made $16 million, right? You no longer become the underdog. Now, Baker's got a whole other level, and we, we can go down that road. And, when you're the number one overall right, draft exactly. pick. It's, 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 it's hard to sell that, but when you've beaten the only two teams remaining in your bracket, Right, they didn't play Texas, but they beat them in the. Even if they did, they'd beaten them in the Big Twelve championship game, and had won a game against them earlier in the season. 
But when you've beaten the two teams that are left on your side of the bracket by a combined score of 19-10, to 10, and in fairness, that 13-8 to 8 game really wasn't that close against Texas A&M, you no longer are just the Cinderella story. You're now the, all right, by God, these boys came to play. We, you're, and I don't think you take anyone by surprise at this point no. in the season. Well, and, you know, as much as Oklahoma has been a surprise and an upstart and can play the underdog role, it's the University of Oklahoma. And That's right. I, I'm trying to think back. Was it 2009, whatever year it was, that Fresno State, caught fire and went on and, and won mm-hmm. the national championship at Omaha. And it was a huge shock. I think they were a three seed that got to Omaha. And then, you know, again, lo and behold, won the whole thing. Okay. Well, that's, that's a Cinderella, right? That's a, that's an underdog story. And that remains an underdog story throughout your entire stay and run to a national championship in Omaha, Nebraska, because it's Fresno state. 2008. Yeah. Oklahoma doesn't get that benefit. No, no. You're OU. This isn't Coastal Carolina. No. You know, in 2016. And I hate to play the name brand card, but right. there is a little bit of that to this. Do you know the last time the Big 12 won a championship in college baseball? Just off the top of your head. Texas win. Correct. 2005? 2005. Look at you. Look at the big Look brains at the on baseball Brad. brain on Josh Helmer. Texas won it in 05 and 04, but only they and Oklahoma out of the Big 12 have won it since, gosh, I'm trying to go back. I think, are they the, well, Oklahoma won it in 94. The last time a team not named Texas or Oklahoma out of the Big 12 won the national championship was 1959 Oklahoma State. Is that right? Didn't Oklahoma State win a title with Gary Ward, at least, a couple of them? Wow. They made a ton of trips to Omaha. Anyway, I just it's it's wild to me to think about everything that goes into this for, for Oklahoma now. And then for the Big 12, who, as OU heads out the door and our minds are all in the SEC, kind of like one parting gift here to say, hey, got you another softball national championship. And guess what, too? We're going to juice a little bit of cash here with a national championship in baseball, too. No doubt. And you think about just the total picture of college sports and, you know, some of these sports that get the lion's share of attention. It's not been a conference in the Big 12 that has typically performed well on the big stage, Mm. you know, over the last – Two decades. There was a time in the early 2000s when football, the the Big 12 was it was the it conference. It was what the SEC is, especially if OU had cashed in a couple of those other opportunities that they had versus LSU and, and USC. But Texas was doing its thing. They won a national championship in football, and then both OU and Texas played for multiple other national championships in the 2000s. I say all of that to get back to this. Go ahead. Kansas, your preeminent program in basketball, big disappointment in the NCAA tournament. What did Kansas do? Won a national championship. Okay, what happened the year before that? Baylor won the national championship. So Oklahoma's done these uh, great things in softball where they've won five of the last nine national championships. If Oklahoma cashes in here in baseball, you're talking about it has been a, a total departure the last couple of years for this league in terms of in these moments 
winning national championships. That's something that, again, the Big 12 hasn't been able to say a whole heck of a lot outside of OU softball and gymnastics for, for OU and some of the other Olympic sports. You know, I love the one stat, uh, real quick before we get a break, and then here's some post game from Skip. I love the stat that was popped up last night as they were doing the handshakes and everyone was, you know, pseudo celebrating. It wasn't over the top. Very, very business like. Oklahoma's 2 0. The both times they've been 2 0 to start the College World Series, they won it 1951, 1994. Knock on wood. And thank you, by the way, ESPN, for making Bucky Buckles a rock star. I almost reached out to him on Twitter last night, but it was like one in the morning. I thought, I don't want him to think I'm like drunk. T- hey, you got to come on the show, baby. And I didn't know if he'd already been on with Toby ah, or something. Planks on the sauce again. Yeah, what's he doing? At, tweeting at guys at one in the morning. But I just, there's so many dudes from that era that are just, they're special guys, right? And I think sometimes in uh, Sooner lore, now, uh, baseball fans don't forget about them, but OU fans in general forget about their greatness. I had an unnamed person the other day that worked at OU for quite a while, and we had a group text going and one of the people said Bucky Buckles is so fired up right now and another person said who is that you're like how can you not know who Bucky Buckles is how right how dare you this blasphemy right this is wrong but in all seriousness it's there's guys like him like Rich Hills Rich Hills like gosh Eric Thomas you know these dudes that were such big time difference makers that don't get the shine that they deserve and you know I I said this a lot during not to turn everything back to softball, but I said this a lot during Jocelyn Allo's run to the uh, to break the national home run record, and I don't know why I had to say national home run record, but when when she broke it, I think it really magnified how incredible Lauren Chamberlain's career was. Right? Sure. You look back and you realize, holy smokes, Lauren Chamberlain was awesome right look at these records and maybe you know I wasn't into softball in 15 14 13 and 12 but man she was amazing I hope that this run and then seeing ESPN jump on it last night it shines a light on the the Bucky Buckles the Russ Ortiz's of the world Mark Redman you know Tim Walton who's the head coach at Florida now he played a pretty important role on that college world series team I mentioned Rich uh Rich Hills um Ricky Gutierrez Ryan Miner, for goodness sakes. Uh, I mentioned A.T., Chip Glass. Is it, I met Chip Glass one time. What a great dude. I I saw Ryan Miner tweeting out, this has got a 94. 94 feel to 94 it. 94 feel to it. So the, the hope is that, you know, through all of all of this, right, that maybe we do realize, dang, that Oklahoma team in 94, that was the number one team in the country. They were awesome. And sure enough, they won a national championship. This team didn't have that aura coming in. But it feels like they're kind of developing it, right? Sure, yeah. Right now, the way they're playing is championship baseball. And that is the beautiful thing about a run like this is all of a sudden you start start ripping the cobwebs off, kind of removing a little bit of dust on that Oklahoma baseball Bible, start looking into the history books. Oh, wow. This 1994 team was pretty spectacular. Now, let's do the same thing with the 1951 team. <laughs> we'll take a timeout. When we come back, it is 1035. I've been so fired up. I haven't done any of my sponsor reads today. Sorry, boss. Uh, hour two of the Plank Show, as always, is brought to you by Allison Insurance. 
Call Bob and Robert Allison today to take care of all of your health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements, HSAs, and more. 405-745-2968. You can get here on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000, or the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Text away. I'll read them all, even the bad ones. 405-651-3439. It's the Plank Show. I'm not here to brag or anything, all right? It's not what I do. I don't name drop. But, and Kevin Henry will get very jealous of this. I just got a text from Roy D. Mercer, so I'm not here to brag or No big deal or anything. No big deal, by God. Uh, Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Uh, Our producer is Pierce, which means Josh gets to be in studio with me, which is awesome. Did we get everything set up on the sound? Are we good? We're ready. Let's go. I thought the first question out of the gates was fantastic, and I thought Skip's answer was even better. So this is from the post-game press conference last night. It still seems weird. So much has happened since last night, right? I did a I did the Fox Sports radio show. I had an early show this morning. I fought with a bunch of dudes in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I feel like I've lived like 30 years in the first hour and 40 minutes of the show, but here was the opening statement from Skip last night. Oop. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Was tonight an example of where Oklahoma showed all phases of its game of what got you here? And how important was it when you got to this stage that you remain yourselves, that you remain the team? That Yeah, I mean, that's our identity is to try to create as much chaos as we can on, on the offensive side. And our, our pitching's gotten a little bit better every time we went out. And I think our pitching, our, our offense has really helped our pitching. It's kind of helped those guys just continue to attack. And our defense has gotten better. We, we talk about getting better weekly. Um, what was the second question you asked? <laughs> How important it was that once you got here. Yeah, I said it in the first press conference. I, you know, uh, um, I can remember Coach Greedo talking about the team that gets the most comfortable when they get here, they play good. And uh, um, and we've kind of played our two games real aggressive. I mean, it's like I said, I was real. You know, we talked at the end, and, and Reggie said, you know, really proud of those two kids. That I mean, Godman and what Sebastian Ordonez did it was pretty incredible coming back. And I kept telling uh, uh, Godman, he had, I mean, he's got a really good arm. He's really talented. And I kept, hey, finish the race, man. Finish the race. Continue to grow, and uh, pretty selfless. To him to go out there and, and do what he did tonight. Skip, what's whoa, 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 whoa. I couldn't get it to play the first time. Now it wants to play over and over and over. Computer. How about that? Finish the race, man. But all these little analogies that baseball has, and they've had them for a while, right? And we're just now maybe being subjected to them. They're pretty awesome. I mean, they get you pretty fired up. And when you see them perform the way that they do, I think the style of play as – Angry as it makes some people that are baseball purists, and I'm not saying Skip isn't a baseball purist, but they create havoc. I think it's fun, Josh, and I think people are really getting tuned into it. It's an exciting brand of baseball. You know, you get traffic on the base paths and giddy up and go. Giddy up and go. Peyton Graham, go swipe a bag. <laughs> Hit and run. Let's put it on. I did have to laugh. Um, there are They've done so many of these press conferences, right? Yeah, they're great. I'm not complaining about them. But the the guy who is the mediator of all these press conferences, he is a stickler for the rules. It's like you got to say your name, you got to say who you're with, and then ask your question. And every so often, there'll be someone that won't say their name, even though I'm sure they've asked a thousand questions. They'll be like, uh, "Sir, 
Where, where are you from? Who are you with? And I literally, it's, it's great. It's just kind of funny because usually I get mad when people just unprompt. are like, oh, Chris Plank, uh, ref, uh, radio network co- coach. And this guy, like, demands it every single time. So let me at least bring you question number two here for the sake of it. Because, well, why not? Murray, OU Knightley. Coach, tell me about the impact that Reggie Willits has had on your offense this Good question. Well, I think it's got him, uh, it's given him identity. That's what I think Reggie's done. He's detail-oriented. Um, and the biggest thing from, from my standpoint is what they do is they, they, they keep attacking. And uh, uh, no matter the fear of getting out at times or, or whatnot, I think they just keep attacking. And that's the mindset because if you take the failure out of the game, it's always there. And if you attack and be aggressive and not worry about the failure, then that's what's really about. You, have, you give yourself a chance to succeed by trying to fail. Well, well, can, we, can we play that last part again? Just, I mean, maybe I should have played this a little bit earlier in the show when I was fighting with you guys. I think, that was, I think that's pretty good stuff. Getting out at times. or Oh, hold on. And uh, uh, no matter the fear of getting out at times or, or whatnot, I think they just keep attacking. And that's the mindset because if you take the failure out of the game, it's always there. And if you attack and be aggressive and not worry about the failure, then that's what's really about. You, have, you give yourself a chance to succeed by trying to fail. Mm. Gosh, I love it. I and love it. they were successful at failing last night. Boy, they did a good job of failing a couple of times, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs> uh, anyway, I love it. I love it. Um, I like this. Since all OU radio discussions start with Twitter, as an old guy, I went to Twitter. Saw a guy in an OU cap and a shirt doing the Arkansas Woo Pig for Arkansas baseball. Must be an unwritten rule in Omaha <laughs> to things like that. <laughs> Uh, and then one more. I love the ESPN showing Treadaway's dad. How happy did he look? Really reminds me of Alo's dad. I'm a sports dad, and it made my heart feel good for all these dad happies. Happy Father's Day. I like this dude. Give me your name five eight zero. I'm gonna move you to the front of the line on everything. You become my favorite tweeter to, or texter to the show. You and uh, you and Kindle and who else? Did I? Oh, Burley Boomer. You uh, you dive in. You dive into the top of the the chart right now. I like that guy that was telling us you can't get thrown out as the first out at third base. Let's oh, we got him to the top of the line. We got him. Well, but see, I like that. You know what? I like that dude because he defended his take. He's like, listen, here's why I think that. I'm like, I, I see what you're saying. Now, I don't necessarily agree with it. With this team, other teams are going to have different philosophies. But with this team, it's got a whole different mindset. We dig a good discourse back and forth. That's what we're here for. You know, the style that Oklahoma's been able to bring – to Omaha, they have on Skip Johnson's comments there. They've been themselves, and that's a tough thing to do in this type of setting in Omaha to just be who you've been. And the successful teams that go out and win these national championships—that's mm-hmm. what happens. Whether it's the Final Four or we're talking about the Women's College World Series, Oklahoma's been able to do obviously a great job of being themselves, winning five out of nine. Uh, you know, this past decade, Oklahoma, these first two games, they've been themselves. The other thing that they have really done a great job of, and not just these two games versus A&M and Notre Dame, but throughout the Big 12 tournament run and throughout the Gainesville Regional and the Blacksburg Super Regional, the patience at the plate, man, they are taking pitches, they are working counts, they're, they're waiting and getting the types of pitches that they want 
you know, later in counts, I just have been so impressed with the patience overall, one through nine at the plate from Oklahoma. They have been so good in that department. It's fun to see, man. It's really fun to see. Gosh, um, we got our Newcastle Casino top five stories today. I mean, literally, we came out, we had a plan for this show. We're like, listen, let's get after it with some OU baseball talk. I get mad at people whenever they want to fight about things that are like not worth fighting about, and yet here I am fighting about things that aren't worth fighting about for the first 20 minutes of the show. And the next two hours, all about OU baseball. It's been fun, refreshing. But a good question is asked on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and we'll try to answer it next. It involves the future. With Josh Elmer, I'm Chris Plank. This is the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. It's not that I don't trust you, Pierce. I just mute the mic in studio every single chance just to be safe. It's really a fail-safe for us to protect you based on the right. type of behavior. And again, that- I dropped an F-bomb on the air on Monday, so I mean, you know, that kind of stuff happens. I appreciate that. No worries. Um, air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. That's kind of where we've been living on the show today because it's really good. I like this from the 405. How much has this season impacted OU baseball? I know I'm not the only one who will be going to more games. It, It is really, really beneficial. Oh. I was trying to think of a different and more professional way to put it, but I just – it it's a big trampoline for them. And you hope it's momentum that continues to build. And even if they don't win a championship – you see the youth that's involved in this squad and make all the difference in the world. We had a phone call off the air for somebody that wanted to know, hey, they've got this baseball project going on. How and where can I donate to it? And, okay, you know, is that caller probably going to be donating a million dollars toward the $30 million total? No, but guess what? That's an indication of how these projects get done when you – play well and when you deliver on this type of stage in the type of interest right that it generates for the program the and i'm going to be obnoxious in saying this but it's sort of uh what it's it's a take that typically i bring to the table yeah you gotta keep winning right gotta keep the more you the more you win in this college world series like if they go win the national championship oh man the type of difference that that can make on OU baseball and then following it up, right? Okay, yeah. so how do you restock the shelves of Oklahoma baseball after this Omaha run is complete? Win the national championship, fall a little bit short, play in the championship, whatever, whatever the final story looks like when the ink dries. Russ in Atlanta maybe has the tweet text of the day. He writes, I wish you wouldn't talk up Peyton Graham's six-pack. When I was a student at OU, I had to try to convince girls I dated that a six-pack was a birth defect. <laughs> I'm sure there are kids there today trying to do that same deception to some pretty girl. I was like, he knew what he was doing. Come on. Uh, and then speaking of Peyton, Peyton writes, I just want to say, this is for you too, Josh, so you got to pay attention here. I just want to say this Oklahoma team reminds me of the 2015 Royals. Bunning guys, stealing bases, taking extra bases, and being aggressive. Those are the most fun teams to watch. Yeah, put the ball in play. Good things will happen. Force the defense to go make a play. Be aggressive. Swipe bags. 
Someone else points out, don't forget Damon Miner started at first base on the 94 team. He also hit one of the longest home runs in College World Series history in the championship game against Georgia Tech. I was watching that highlight last night. When they popped up Bucky Buckles and they started talking about the great Bucky Buckles, I immediately went back and was watching one of the highlights we had at Soonersports.tv of the 94 World Series run, and that was a bomb. By the way, you forget how talented that Georgia Tech team, too. I mean, Jay Payton was on that team. He had a great Major League Baseball career. Noma was on that team. That's a good mm-hmm. team. It should be fun. It's And I say, I've said it a thousand times this hour. I will say it a thousand times throughout this run. It's really cool whenever you have a program go on a run that hasn't been on a run in a while because it shines a light on those teams that had success before them that maybe we forgot about, that maybe we don't talk enough about, and what we, you know, what we forget. We forget how good that team was. Oh, gosh. Why, why do I look up at these debate shows? Why, why do I do this to myself, Josh? I mean, yeah, now we've got LeBron and Kyrie getting back together with Kevin Love in Los Angeles. So you got that. That's being debated. And why Baker needs to be traded. So um, they, I, why Baker needs to be traded? Because they paid someone who has – 30, you know, 24 counts of assault uh, in a civil trial or a civil case against him and paid him $200 million in guaranteed money. That's why Baker needs to be traded. And because he's an NFL starting Thank quarterback. Thank you. I mean, this isn't really that hard. All right, we got a break. When we come back, we'll hit it with the top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino. Got a lot. We, we haven't even touched on the U.S. Open yet this morning. Nope. Fun finish. You're welcome, all I, you golf haters out there. I wasn't into it like I thought I would be, but, man, when it got down to the final three holes, boom, I was all in. And we got a parade today in San Francisco celebrating the Warriors championship. What does the future hold, though, for the Thunder? They have big draft coming up on Thursday. We'll talk about it here on The Plank Show.